You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Uh, so we're going to continue on in our series, uh, Mind Monsters. Our covering verse is coming from the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 16 through 18. It says this, Don't you understand yet, Jesus asked, Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes out into the sewer. What you've interpreted there is correct. Bodily processes of food. Uh, But the words you speak come from your heart. That's what defiles you. So what this basically means is what we take in is what we're going to put out. Uh, The idea of mind mantras is not about monitoring our behavior, outward behaviors, but what it really is, it's this idea of monitoring what's on our heart Because ultimately, what's on our heart is going to come out of our mouth and influence the relationships that we're in. So that's what this whole series has been about. So Pastor John, over the past couple weeks, has been identifying certain emotions that can control our minds and essentially become a monster to our mind, and it takes over our body and causes us maybe not to be the best person. So the idea of this series has been to identify those emotions, see what God says about it, and allow God to work in your heart in those situations. So up until this point, we've gone over guilt, lust, jealousy, and envy. We've talked about how those affect our hearts uh, and our minds and ultimately affects what's going on in our lives. Um, The idea is to not be controlled by these mind monsters. So that's where we're up until this point. So I have the honor of talking to you about a topic that you're like, no way. You actually struggle with that? Yes, I do. Uh, So we'll get into that in a little bit. So join me as I pray, and we'll keep going. Uh, Jesus, thank you for today. Uh, Thank you for every single person in this room. God, thank you for the worship, setting up the house. Uh, God, we honor you and we love you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, for those of you that do not know, I love professional sports. Basketball, football, baseball, hockey, you name it, I'm watching it. Like, if I have the TV to myself and my wife and kid are off doing something, I go to SportsCenter, I go to Fox Sports News, I go to whatever sport is on the television. But the most, like, loving sport that I have in my life is fantasy football. Raise your hand if you know what fantasy football is. I got a clap. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to do my best to summarize fantasy football and not get, like, fantasy football nerd on you. Just, just, the, just the knowledge that you need for this little moment. So what fantasy football is, is you and a couple friends get to draft a fantasy team. So if you want Tom Brady as your quarterback, you want... Josh Jacobs as your running back. I'm trying to use local people for you. Or uh, Matt Breida of the 49ers. If you want those people on your team, you get online and you draft a pool of players that become your team. And then through the whole season, depending on how they do, gets you points. And the more points you get, the better your win and loss column is. And ultimately, you get to the championship. So for instance, if someone runs 10 yards, you get 10 points maybe. If they score a touchdown, you get those six points. So tracking that. Simple math, I know, difficult. But as, as these players do well throughout the game, your point total comes up. That's all you really need to know about that. So I remember a couple years ago, I was in a league with some of my friends, and I drafted this person called Maurice Jones-Drew. Anyone hear him? He used to be a Raider, if that makes anyone feel good. No? Okay. So anyways, Maurice Jones-Drew, he was a really good running back, I would say like six years ago. You've never heard of him now because he's retired. But he was a really good running back six years ago. And I drafted him with, like, my first pick. It's like, Maurice Strangers, you're going to be the anchor of my team. You're going to lead my team to victory. And through 14 games of the season, he and the other players that I drafted got me to the championship game. 
And I was really excited. I was like, all right, I'm at a championship game. Maurice Jindrew, he's my workhorse. He's done everything he possibly could to bring me to this place in the championship. And I go, I'm going up with one of my best friends. So there's some sides, smack talking going on. Friendly, of course. Uh, so there's that smack talk going on. And then, so Maurice Jones-Drew, his team, he's the last game of the season. He's, it's the last regular season game of the season. And he's the only player playing for each of our teams. So literally, he's the only person that can change the dynamic of the score of the championship game. And I am down six points with a minute and a half left to go in the game. And his team has the ball. So I'm like, sweet, I can get six points, no problem, and take care of it. So here's, if you're lost, just talk to someone that knows fantasy football or find me on the outside. I'll give you a deeper, deeper guide of it. Uh, I tried my best. I was like, I was asking my wife, Kristen, how do I explain fantasy football to people that don't know? She's like, they should just do it. So there you go. Anyways, so a minute and a half left on the clock of the game. The quarterback hands the ball off to Maurice Jones-Drew. He gets a couple yards. I get a little bit closer to that six-point total I need to pass the person I'm playing. And then time keeps ticking away. A timeout's taken, and ultimately there's 10 seconds left on the clock. 10 seconds left on the clock. My five-point total comes down to 10 seconds. So then the quarterback hands on this last play of the game, like no joke, the last play of the game, hands off the ball to Maurice Jones-Drew. He breaks through the tackles, and they're like at the 30-yard line of about to score. He runs 30 yards. You can hear the announcer saying 30, 20, 25, 20, 15, 10. And then you start to see Maurice Jones slow down as he gets to the goal line. And then by this time, it's zero seconds on the clock. So whatever he does, that's it. And most people, you know, they're going to go into the end zone and score. But odds are this, he was probably, I didn't care who he was playing against, like the team. I just knew he wanted to get the points. So he was, I didn't even, he was probably playing the Raiders or the Niners or somebody like that and just was ramping up the score. So he gets to the end, the end zone. And instead of crossing the end zone and scoring a touchdown, he falls at the one-yard line. No one is around him within 10, 15 yards. No one. No one is around him 10, 15 yards. He just runs casually. If this is the end zone right here, he runs, stops, and just falls. No injury, nothing wrong. No, like, I would say David is maybe the closest person to him. So there's no reason why he should have fallen. And you hear me as soon as that happened, because I know the, like, I know what that meant in my life of fantasy football in the championship game. I went, no! I yelled at the TV. I was so angry at the situation. I was so angry. Because, you know, I wanted to win the championship. So then Maurice Jones drew, the game ends. I am upset. I don't even care what's going on. And then I go to Sports Center later that night, just, you know, try to not relive, but summarize what happened. And Maurice Jones drew goes on a post-game interview with a reporter. And the reporter asks the question, hey, Maurice, why'd you fall at that last one-yard line? Fantasy, fo fantasy football owners want to know. And he's like, I was trying to be a good sportsman. And I was like, what? Your job is to score points and win the game. My anger oversaw the reason he stopped. I wanted to win the game so bad, I got so angry at Maurice Jones-Drew for stopping at that one-yard line, it cost me a championship, and I got so angry at him. I got so angry, I started to hate him. Like, the next draft, the next year's draft, I didn't even draft him, even though he took me to the championship game. Like, I had so much resentment towards this guy. Clearly, God's still working on this on me. 
But I had so much resentment for him. And ultimately, because of that resentment, that anger I had from him the year before, he actually went on to win the team he got drafted on, the championship for that person. So my friend won the championship with Maurice Strangio and his team the next year. So because of my anger, it caused me to do a dumb decision the next year, and I lost. Through that dumb decision of being resentful towards him, I didn't forgive him. I didn't forgive him for, you know, messing me up. I just got really mad. So this morning, we're going to continue the idea of mind monsters about anger. So the definition of anger is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. And by gosh, I will tell you, I have some host- I was hostile to Maurice Jones Drew that day. I was heated, but it's okay. God has worked on it. For the rest of this morning, uh, we're going to look at what God says in his roadmap in the Bible of how do we handle our anger. What processes do we go? And so my hope is by the end of this day, if you forget anything that I say, I don't want you to forget this verse that's posted up right now. It's from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. If you forget anything, memorize this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of men does not produce the righteousness of God. So for the rest of our time together, we're going to talk about how anger puts a wedge in between what God wants to do in our life, between the person you've gotten relationship with, and we're going to talk about the roadmap and how God wants us to better handle our anger. Because I will say this, it's okay to be angry, but how you identify these times of anger and how you check your heart and how we respond, the response is of that, to that anger will either make you or break you. There's a right way to handle it, and there's a wrong way. So we're going to look at the roadmap God has laid out for us in this verse. through three principles that I think are from the three big points in this verse. So we're going to dive deeper into those three big ideas. The first one is going to be quick to hear. The second one is going to be slow to speak. And the last one is going to be slow to anger. Can we get that? Thank you. So we're going to look at the middle of chapter, the middle of verse 19 and 20. We're going to look at quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So we're going to unfold on what does that really mean to us? So our first one we're going to look at is quick to hear. My golly, quick to hear. Some of us are like, I just need to open up my ears. Proverbs 15, verse 1. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now the first one, quick to, quick to hear. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now when I look at that verse, when I think of this idea of anger and the times that I've been angry with people, with friends, family, spouses, children, um, when I think of that and people say something to me, what I hear God's saying in this verse is quick to hear is don't respond with your immediate reaction because that's when it gets you in trouble. Raise your hand if you've ever just said something right off the top of your lip. You're like, whoop, shouldn't have said that. Rewind. Nope, no rewinds with the words that you say. No rewinds at all. So quick to hear, what does that mean? I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to ask you some questions. 
So maybe quick to hear means listen to what the other person is saying. Maybe it's listen to God what has to say to you in that moment of, of confrontation. Let me ask you this question. Why are you even angry? And let me ask you this question. Is it even worth it to be angry in those moments? In my fantasy football situation, probably not, but it got the best of me. It wasn't worth it. For me, I see this in my own life and my marriage. Let me explain. So me and my wife, we have a really good marriage, but at times, we butt heads, and that's part of life. And she does something, or I do something, and like immediately, we start to feel that, bo- that blood boiling in our skin, and I'm sure like everyone's like, mm-hmm, elbows, elbows, right? You start to bubble up, and like they just have that one key word that they say, or you say, and this ignites the flame even further. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad you guys are relating to this. It's not just me. Um, but they say that, and it gets under your skin, and within seconds, you stop hearing what they're saying for the rest of the sentence, and all you hear is blah, 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 that first sentence that ignited you. And you don't care to hear the rest of the explanation because you're immediately turned to this idea of, I'm not going to hear what you have to say. I'm just going to act. You weren't quick to hear. So imagine if there was an actual explanation of why there's some hostility going on in that situation. If you opened your up your ear, you listened, you were slow to speak, which we'll talk in a little bit, that you were quick to hear. So our first principle is listen first. And a quick summary, what that means is don't engage in those conversations unless you absolutely have to. Sit back, take a deep breath, listen to what the other person is saying, or listen to what God is saying to you, or Listen to your mind of what you're about to say and say, is that worth it? Because once you say it, you're going to regret it. And that regret, the words that you say are going to cause an even bigger rift in between the person you're talking with. So just remember that. So the first principle is listen up. Now we're going to move on to the second piece of this verse uh, in James. It's slow to speak. We're coming from another word in Proverbs, chapter 22, verses 24. It says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with, with one easily angered. So this idea of slow to speak. So we'll break this part down together as well. And there's two parts I'm going to challenge you with at the end, at the end of this section. So don't, don't associate with hot-tempered people. What does that mean? I think we're all in this room called to influence, to be an influencer of some sort, right? Whether it's we're going to lead worship, we're going to be a ear to listen, we're going to be the communicator in certain dilemmas. We all are given these God-given gifts to influence people around us. So this verse is saying, if you're an anger person, don't go to that hot-tempered person because it's going to make it even worse. The people that are God-centered and have God working on their heart, the hope is that those people are going to influence those situations. So now I'm getting to the idea of gossip in a moment. This idea of, I'm just so angry, I want to go talk to somebody who I can vent to. Choose the person you're going to. Because the person you go to is going to influence that situation. So you can get angry, you can just go to call blah, 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 whoever. Be like, oh my gosh, this person just did this to me. Other person online, tell me more. I want to know, right? 
I want to know so I can get angry with you too and support you in that. Sisters, right? I don't know. Whatever. Bros. You know what? I hate that person too. I don't know why, but what you just told me, I'm on board with that. Right? <laughs> that person, you know what? They did that to you. I'm never talking to them again. Now that mutual hatred, anger is associated with that person that you connected with that is hostile, that is hot-tempered. So don't get me wrong. There's definitely times when you have to go talk to somebody, right? There's absolutely 100% time to go talk to somebody. But it's up to you to know how to slow to speak to someone. Don't immediately go to that person that's right next to you that you don't really know how their heart's going to how God's working in their heart. You just start talking to them, and you forgot that principle of being slow to speak. And now look, to you, look what you've done. You've caused an avalanche of hatred for this one person, when maybe it could have stopped between you and that one person if you went to the right person. So principle number two is influencers are everything when it comes to anger. Influencers are everything. I'm going to ask you two questions here. And this one's going to die... I believe this, these two questions are going to stick, really, really going to stick to your mind and heart right now. The first question is, are you sitting in this chair, the person that you are right now, are you influ- influencing those around you in the right way? Which person are you? Are you the good influencer or are you the bad influencer? Do you jump on that gossip and just start going at it and be like, yeah, I support you? Or are you that person that says, here's some advice. Let's go about it this way. This is what God says. This is how we handle it. Or you just <laughs> keep adding more fuel to, the fl- fuel to the fire. The second question is, who do you have around you that's influencing you? Because that's really what it comes down to, too. You may think that person sitting next to you is the right person to be talking about, but are they truly the right person? I will say this. If you're feeling awkward and uncomfortable right now, Odds are those two questions are really stirring in your heart, that you really need to challenge, are the friendships, relationships that I'm in, are they best for me? And am I the best person I am for the, person that, for the people around me? Am I influencing those people in a good way? So we're going to move, move on to our final point here. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. So we've broken down quick to listen, slow to speak, and now slow to anger. This is going to be the big one for us because I think this is the most challenging, to be honest. I myself cha- struggle with this, right? I just gave you very real-life applications of how I get angry very quickly, right? And I'm sure there's other people in this house that, does that, that do that, but it's okay. So we're going to look at the verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. In your anger, do not sin. So what God's saying in this verse is, yeah, you're going to be angry, right? You're, it's going to happen. 
do not sin. So that, we've talked about the gossip part. We've talked about the hatred. We've talked about that rolling fire. But don't let the anger allow you to continue to sin in those moments where you're going to start thinking negatively about that person all the time. Like when I hear the name Maurice Jones-Drew now, I still like quiver because I remember. Like I just remember. I still like struggle. Now I'm going to talk to you about a hypothetical situation. Not that this has ever happened in my life, but a hypothetical situation. It might have happened in your life, but definitely not mine. So, for whatever reason, you have an argument with someone important in your life on a Friday night. For whatever reason, you have an or like Friday afternoon, right? You have an argument. You're exchanging aggressive words. It's getting very hostile, and both of you become angry. Hypothetically speaking, both of you become angry. And that evening has turned from really good to really bad. Because the words that you've said, you weren't slow to speak. You weren't quick to listen. You, were, you weren't even slow to anger. You went for it. And now you're in this time of anger and frustration. And you've become so angry and worked up that you've gone the whole night, hypothetically, and have not said a word to one another since that argument. And it says here, this, it says here, when this, lay it to rest when the sun goes down. Let the sun go down while you are, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. You let the sun go down. That means the day has ended and you're still angry and haven't reconciled what's going on in that situation. And that anger is still in your heart. And you haven't dealt with it and now it's festering in your heart and that mind monster of anger is taking over and now it's ultimately going to take over your minds and your thoughts and your words because you have not dealt with it in that moment. So hypothetically, you go to sleep. That person goes to sleep. You wake up the next morning. You still have that frustration in your heart. You still have that dirtiness, that hateful feeling. You still have all that in you because you haven't worked it out. And for me, in this hypothetical moment, I forgot why I was angry. But I woke up with that same disgusting feeling that I had the night before. And because I didn't reconcile it, my heart still had that disgusting feeling in it, waking up the next morning. And then I woke up, tried to go about my day, and I looked, hypothetically, over to the person. They say these couple words, and maybe you've said these words in some capacity. If you love me, you should know why you were mad at me. Right? Where did that come from? I don't know. But it's because I didn't handle the anger that was on me, I forgot everything that God said in the book of James. If you love me, you should know why you're mad at me. And now I've caused even a bigger situation because I said something snarky. I wasn't slow to anger. I didn't handle it in that moment. I didn't clearly <laughs> slow to speak. And I definitely did not have my influences around me. Because of these poor decisions I made, I caused a bigger situation. That anger has now caused, put a wedge in that relationship. I've caused hurt to them. They may be thinking negative thoughts about me. And I definitely still have negative frustrations in my heart about that person. Because I didn't 
take care of it when the sun go down, sun went down. Principle number three. Lay it to rest. Like I said, this is the hardest step to do. I get it. Like you get to this whole point of anger, it's taking over your heart, and you try to lay it to rest, but it's so hard. Do not sin in your anger. Like, anger is okay. It's a natural thing. But don't let it cause more of an issue. That's what it's going to get at right now. So how do we do that? Like, okay, how do I do that? Like, the anger's on my heart. I'm trying to do these principles you just talked about. If that's not do, doing it, what, what's going to do it? In the book of Colossians, it says... Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I don't know what you guys have been through in your life. I don't know what hypothetical situations in your life are real. I don't know what this person said to you. I don't know what that person said about you. I don't know what that, this person did to you in your life. I don't know what negative thoughts are reflecting in your life. But for my life, the things that I've gone through in the past, yeah, there's anger there. There's frustration, for sure. But the first step in truly, truly taking care of it, take care of it, is to accept this forgiveness. Not just to the person there, but forgiveness to you that, hey, you know what? I messed up. I played some part in it, maybe. But I need to be give, forgiven first so I can ultimately let go of that. Because if you don't accept this forgiveness process, it's going to be really hard to unpack the anger piece. So the Lord has forgiven you. Now it's up to you to take that step of accept that forgiveness, but extend forgiveness to that person that has caused you anger, has caused you frustration. That slow to anger piece of don't let, lay it to rest before the sun goes down. Lay it to rest. Because you're going to wrestle with it if you don't take care of it in that moment. There's wisdom in waiting, absolutely. But if it keeps rolling on and on and on, your heart's going to get darker. Your heart's going to get heavier. That negative negativity is going to take over. And before you know it, you're doing other things, thinking other things. And you're so far from forgiveness of the, that anger that you're just holding on to it for years and years and years. Absolutely in my life. Absolutely. But the first step is acknowledging forgiveness because Bear with each other as you forgive one another. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.